Hello, everyone. Happy Tuesday. This is Julie Townsend, and you are listening to Downtown Dish from 5 to 6 p.m. So I hope you enjoy the hour with us. Um, We're going to kick off talking about uh, what the events are that are coming up. It is getting to be summertime, which means fewer events in downtown and probably all over the city because it's just too darn hot. But we do have First Friday this weekend. Uh, First Friday is sponsored by Visit Central Florida, and we are celebrating 100 years of water skiing. So there'll be lots of fun activities, uh, and we also have Twiggy the Water Skiing Squirrel. So you can't miss that. We'll have a DJ playing in Munn Park, and there'll be water skiing exhibitors and uh, Legoland Florida. We'll be giving away some tickets, uh, so there'll be lots of fun. And, of course, we have our business exhibitors. We have our maker's market, and we have our car show all as part of the event. And retail stores open late for shopping. And, of course, our amazing restaurants are available to get some fine food to dine in or take out. Uh, We also have the Farmer's Card Market on Saturdays, but uh, we're getting down to the summer hours, which means that the market closes at 1 p.m. starting uh, this Saturday for June and July. So 8 to to 1 instead of 8 to 2. So make sure you get out early and grab your produce and other yummy items from the Farmer's Market. Uh, And then, of course, we're closed in August. Uh, Farmer's Market is closed in August. And um, in addition to the Farmer's Market and First Friday, of course, we've got the city's uh, big event, Red, White, and Kaboom, is coming up in July. So mark your calendars for that, uh, July 3rd. And the last two uh, series of Friday Night Live, which will be um, obviously as part of this First Friday, we'll have the DJ uh, in Munn Park, but then we have... HB Jazz on June 10th, and we have Ben Meyer and the Dirty Yank on June 17th, and that is the last of the Friday Night Live on June 17th. We've had rainouts the last two Fridays, so it's been kind of a bummer, but we're hopeful that we have uh, good weather on Friday nights and Saturday, uh, at least through the remainder of uh, the Farmer's Market and the uh, Friday Night Live. So that's all the fun things that are going on. You can always... Uh, find information about what's happening in downtown Lakeland at the retail stores and the restaurants and their specials uh, at downtownlkld.com or on social media at downtownlkld. So uh, my special guest today with me in the studio is Brian Seeley. Brian is the executive director of Gospel Inc. Welcome, Brian. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here with you today. Thanks for uh, pa- being patient, listening to me ramble on about all the downtown events, but got to get that out there. Yeah, I'm excited about the water skiing squirrel. <laughs> we'll see if we can get a front row seat for you. <laughs> so, uh, Brian, tell us, uh, what is Gospel Inc.? Uh, Gospel Inc. is a Christ-centered community that provides permanent supportive housing to people experiencing chronic homelessness. Uh, We also provide work opportunity. Um, A lot of the folks we serve don't have the ability to maintain regular employment, um, lose a sense of purpose in the midst of that. And so we love to just create, you know, work for people to do. And um, some of those things that we've got are an art studio, which has been around for a little while now, is primarily for women, and now we're expanding that to include men. Um, We've got farm beds and chicken coop and 
um, just different things on site that we need help maintaining. So these are great ways for people to jump in and, and work, and that helps to pay their rent. So for a person who um, has no income, for 10 hours of work a week, they can have a home. Um, if you do have an income, then you can just pay rent. And, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. We are currently housing 46 people, um, 43 at Gospel Village, which is a spot that we just recently purchased back in 2021, uh, beginning of the year, been renovating that and um, just getting units ready to move into. Um, it's a beautiful spot. I really love to uh, spend time there and have volunteers come and help beautify it. And we have a vision and plan to build additional units on the vacant property. Uh, so we got about two acres of vacant property. Um, total, there's about four acres at Gospel Village. And we're going to build new units dedicated to people experiencing chronic homelessness. Um, so, yeah, we're really excited for what's happening and grateful to be able to be here with you guys and share more about it. Yeah, I, I don't think a lot of people... Um know enough about what it is that you do. So I wanted to give you that opportunity to uh, share what Gospel Inc. is and then also just a little bit about you because I think what you're doing is unique in in the county for sure, maybe even in, in the state. And you, you've, you've, you've got a history beyond just uh, your few years here in Lakeland, right? Yeah, so I've been in Lakeland since 2008. I came to attend Southeastern University, originally from Long Island, um, I encountered God when I was 19, and that's really what led me into ministry to the homeless, um, inspired by the person of Jesus and moving towards the people that are outcast and bringing them into community um, you know, with myself and others that were doing ministry with me. So when I showed up in Lakeland, uh, myself and some college students decided to just start spending you know, every day we had with folks that were homeless and eventually moved into the Parker Street neighborhood and kind of opened up our yard for a while there are homes and everything and that's how it all started we had no objective other than to just be a witness of the gospel to people love them um you know share what we had and <clears throat> over time that led us to really start thinking through you know what what is it that our mission is and, and what are we trying to accomplish here um, and it started to get to know you know folks from the city and people that are very passionate about the work being done with homelessness in Lakeland, you included. And so I've really just received a ton of guidance from you all to think about, you know, how do we provide housing for people and care for the city at large and do it well? Um, and so this vision began to, you know, take root in our hearts. And we started look, looking across the country for best practices. We discovered Community First Village in Austin, Texas. Uh, they're providing housing to 500 People experiencing chronic home, chronic homelessness right now. There's a plan there to build another 2,000 units. Um, went there. Our mayor came. Some stakeholders from the community came to visit Austin with us and fell in love with it, what we're, they were doing there. And we all agreed that we needed to do this in Lakeland. And so that's really – that was in 2017, 2018 that that vision started to become more – concrete and solidify and, and we had a good idea of what it is that we were wanting to do and um, we've done a ton of training there we still do trainings with our friends in Austin and are implementing you know what they're doing there here in Lakeland they have an 88 percent success rate housing retention rate um, we provide permanent housing so a person you know doesn't ever have to leave um, that's because there really is nowhere affordable for them to go to and so it's intended to be a place that you can land 
and settle and uh, live in community with us. So you modeled kind of what you're doing here uh, after the Austin community that you, you visited? Yeah, Community First Village. Yeah. It's called Mobile Loves and Fishes. The most fantastic uh, service I've ever seen to folks experiencing homelessness. Um, so, yeah, we're, we really take a lot of our cues from them, and our whole model and philosophy has really been established upon what they've built already and are, are just doing a great job of. Well, I visited where uh, your your location uh, wow. last year, if you recall. You gave me a tour. Uh, not the Austin one, but yours. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. you were very impressed there for a second because you <laughs> thought I went to Austin. But no, I would like to go to Austin. I would think that would be uh, an amazing thing to, to see what we could possibly grow into uh, at some point. Um, but yeah, I was very impressed with what you're doing. I want to talk a little bit more in detail uh, when we come back about um, – you know, how that community functions and, uh, you know, where your funding comes from and um, some of your success stories and, and things like that. So when we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Brian Seeley with Gospel Link. And we're back. This is Downtown Dish. I am your host, Julie Townsend, and we are talking with Brian Seeley today. He is the executive director of Gospel Inc. Uh, and Gospel Inc., um, again, remind everyone what Gospel Inc. is, Brian. So we provide um, permanent supportive housing, work opportunity, and really just community to people experiencing chronic homelessness. So when you say chronic homelessness, explain that to some folks, I mean, how does that differ from, you know, we hear about families being homeless and we hear about veterans being homeless. Like what what population do you target in terms of, of that? So people experiencing chronic homelessness typically have a disability of some sort that prevents them from being able to maintain regular employment, hence not be able to maintain housing. Many of them get disability checks of $700 or more a month, so it's not enough to afford rent anywhere. They um, might be homeless for a year or longer or have have had four or more episodes of homelessness in three years. Um, But the way that I think about it is just someone who's perpetually ends Mm -hmm. up back on the street after trying over and over again. And um, there's some folks that are in Lakeland that I've known since 2008 who are still homeless today. And so that just kind of just to give you an idea right. of how long it can really last for until um, they have an opportunity to get up off the streets. So, you know, we obviously talk about homeless a lot when people talk about downtown. A lot of people think of, you know, homeless or they and, and, and I'm air quoting and no one can see me. But, you know, the homeless problem. Um, but I think there's a lot of misconceptions and I try to educate people as best that I can as well uh, about the types of folks that we have that are in downtown um, and most who are not causing any problems at all. And uh, and I would probably say that a lot of them are, they fit your description uh, in terms of being, in, being chronic because I've seen them, you know, for a decade or more uh, in downtown. So what do you, what do you hear from those folks? Cause I know that you speak to them 
all over the city, not necessarily just downtown. Um, and and what's what's some of their stories about what's happened to them that brought them to this point? So I um, lived with the homeless for a few months one time, and I would actually go hang out in Munn Park early in the morning, get breakfast at the lighthouse, and then go and hang out with those guys. And um, even but even before, now that I'm thinking about it, breakfast at Lighthouse, we would go to the labor pool. And there is a couple folks. One of them is no longer alive. And then another lady, she cleans our house. She's in a home. She's been in a home for a few years now. But she was without a home for many years. And uh, they would go to go to work, um, try to get a ticket, and they'd go out maybe once or twice a week, you know, at the labor hall. And it just wasn't enough for them to, you know, be able to actually do anything other mm-hmm. than buy some food or what have you. But they went every day diligently. And it was about four, five in the morning that we would go to the labor pool and then we'd proceed with the rest of our day. So a lot of folks you're seeing have, you know, they've they've been up for hours, you know, trying to get work or that kind of deal. Not everyone, you know, is doing that. Uh, that's just an experience that I had with those two people. Uh, there's others who just have a disability check. Many of the people that are sitting in Munn Park have disability checks, and it's just not enough to afford anywhere. And so a lot of them have to stay in shelters or they'll go to a motel for you know one or two weeks, and their money's spent pretty quickly. And so, I mean, at the core, you know, I would say that they, they need community, first of all, to walk with them through the process of, coming out of homelessness and into a home, but really there's just not enough affordable places for people to live. And so if you think about the um, spectrum of people with like the lowest income or no income up to, you know, maybe making $20,000 to $30,000 a year or $50,000 a year, just depending on what their need is as far as housing, uh, someone who's making $700 or less a month is going to, is pretty low on, on the um, ability to, to manage rent somewhere. Compared, right. compared to others, even people that are very low income. Right. So if there's so much housing available that's affordable, it's they're kind of last in line you know, for some of that. Um, so I think it's just there's a lot of different factors, and I think there's just some really simple ones like affordable housing that, that really targets people that are in need of extremely you know, low rent in order to live, you know. Yeah, I mean, we, I think nationally and certainly locally, uh, Lakeland City Commission has been talking about affordable housing for a while. And we're talking about folks that are upset about all of these apartment buildings that are being built in all the various locations around the city. And we're getting some downtown and the developers are asked to earmark, you know, some of those for uh, as affordable. But really, you know, $700, <laughs> if that's your income. I mean, then you say, well, you know, why don't you just go out and get a job? And then you can supplement that $700. Well, because you got to have transportation. And, you, you know, if you have transportation, you have to have insurance. And if you have insurance, you, have, you, know, you have to have gas money. And it just becomes exponentially uh, impossible to actually end up taking any money home. To- yeah, and, if, and if they have a disability check, it's because they have a disability. Correct. Yes. Yeah, that's And true. it's not that easy to get uh, disability. Benefits. No, it's not. Yeah. But I do. I mean, you you are allowed to make some money with it with a disability mm-hmm. check, but that doesn't mean that you're very employable because you have a disability. 
<laughs> so it's not, yeah. it's not just free money that, you know, and I can also go out and get a, a regular job. It's There's limitations. Yeah, and unless they're targeting someone with that low of an income, they mm-hmm. wouldn't qualify for most affordable housing projects. Correct, right. But there are projects that purposely target someone with that low of an income, and they mm-hmm. set aside a certain percentage. So your facility that you're you're building, tell us where that is, how that got started, uh, and kind of where you are. Uh, I know you looked at other locations first, but you landed up landed where you are now. Sort of what was the progression of that? So we were looking for a much larger piece of land, and we had our eyes set on like 26 acres. There was just some issues with the zoning there, and you know whether or not we'd get approved, and so. We chose not to pursue that property that we originally were going after. Um, During that time, COVID happened. And so I began looking, you know, in other places. And I just started looking at trailer parks as a way to sort of segue into a larger Mm. development and, you know, to see what was available. Um, It was an easy way to begin right away with housing people. And this one uh, park came for sale over on Lemon Street and uh, Lake Parker Avenue. And so it's right across from the Volkswagen dealership. That's where Gospel Village now is. We purchased that in 2021 with the help of the county. They provided us a million-dollar grant, and then we also raised $400,000 towards that purchase privately. Uh, And then from there, we continued to purchase property around that mobile home park. And uh, the county awarded us another $824,000 to help, you know, purchase another um, almost two acres, you know, in addition to what we had already had. And so that's where we're going to be doing new construction on units that will be dedicated solely to people experiencing chronic homelessness like we're talking about. That's great. So how many units do you have as of this moment? So we have 37 spaces. Okay. Um, right now we got 32 units okay. and we, we can drop, you know, tiny homes in the spaces at the park. Uh, and everything else beyond that is going to be brand new construction two-story, you know, apartment style. Um, yeah, so that's, and that's hopefully going to happen by the end of the year. We'll break ground on that and get the ball rolling. Great. All right. Well, um, I definitely have some more questions about that, but we will segue off into another break real quick, and then we'll come back and we'll talk with Brian Seeley with Gospel Inc. Thanks for sticking with us. This is Julie Townsend, and you're listening to Downtown Dish. And we are here with Brian Seeley. He's the executive director of Gospel Inc. And uh, Brian, we've been talking about uh, Gospel Village, which is located over on Lemon and Lake Parker, correct? Yes. Yes. And um, so those are 32 units that you have there now, and you got some private, obviously you raised money on your own. You got some donations. I'm sorry, you got some government grants uh, from the county to purchase additional land. And um, so where are you in the process in terms of, of building uh, the additional units that you want to build and how many additional units can you fit on your two acres? So with what we are looking at right now, we're pretty comfortable saying we can do another 48 units on the multifamily zoning that we've got. And then um, there's another acre that we'd plan to be able to put more units on and but that's further down the road so um 
we have raised a million and a half privately towards you know the first 24 units and we've also got a half million dollar grant through the federal home loan bank uh, towards building new units so a couple million dollars that are dedicated to new construction and i think once we have you know our plans and um, the city's approval and permitting and all that kind of stuff we'll be able to really go after you know a capital campaign and and raise you know the remaining money that we'll need to continue to build it out phase by phase but 48 units is is what we're probably looking at initially you know on what we're um, looking to cover and so it's gospel village what what is life like in the village what are these folks doing i know you're 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 housing them and they're and they're doing work for you i think to to help pay their rent but what is sort of holistically what does that look like uh, so we have a resident care team that's there all day long. They are the ones who manage uh, the work that's happening. So if a person is working for their housing, um, then they would need to, you know, they're given a job. And, and that might be like one gentleman I was working with today, we were just spraying the farm and uh, getting it ready to, you know, continue to work on it and do irrigation and that kind of deal. So it's just whatever it is that we need to accomplish, um, the folks that were housing throw in on it and, and help us to get it done and then report to the resident care team on, you know, what they're doing. So there's a community fridge and pantry that, you know, one lady manages. There's a chicken coop that another guy manages. Um, there's a ton of grass to cut and weed eating. <laughs> and so we have several, you know, people that are just maintaining the the lawns and, and garden beds and watering plants. And there's about 16 people who are working at Gospel Village, you know, all throughout the week. Uh, we have an art studio, and at the art studio, women learn how to sew. Um, some of them have gone to sew for smaller com- small companies. There's um, just some, there's an art, you know, piece to it where we're just painting and doing things like that because there's some people who are limited in what they can do. There's a lady who makes jam, another lady who bakes, um, and that's just a blessing to the folks that were, you know, serving at the village. Um, the lady that makes jam has a vision to one day sell the jam, and she's really great at it. So we're trying to help her do that. Um, so yeah, there's there's all kinds of work that we're doing, and uh, they're on our payroll. So mm. it's you know they're given a check, and out of their check they pay their rent. And so that's sort of the process for you know how that all runs. But I mean, a day at the village could be so many things, <laughs> you know. People disappear for a week sometimes. We just mm. did a missing person report. Oh, wow. Um, they ended up being found, but, like, you know, they're just people fighting, mm. you know. We're always involved in mediating between, you know, arguments that are going on or drama that's happening there. Um, for so, the most, like wherever, everywhere else. <laughs> yeah, for the, for the most part, it's a, it's a very peaceful place. You walk into the village, um, quiet, you know, really not commotion or anything like that. And uh, for, people you know, keep to themselves or, um, yeah, they're all really great. We do have community dinners on Thursdays. So every Thursday at six o'clock and people from the community are welcome to come join us and see what we're doing. Um, that's open to all of our residents. There's a Bible study that we have on Mondays at six and that's open to residents. It's not compulsory, but we just like to offer that mm-hmm. and, and it's on our heart, you know, to share the gospel in that way. Um, so those are some of the things that are happening, you know, just throughout the week. So um, when you when you say that, uh, you know, it's not 
all sunshine and roses every single day at, at the village. I mean, it's, you know, we, we've got no one gets along with everyone all the time. But it sounds like for the most part, um, folks are, you know, appreciating being there. And I mean, do you have any difficulties with with folks that you're like, hey, this just isn't a good fit for you? So in the past two years, if we just kind of go with, we've been housing people for, you know, five plus years. Um, but I could even go back three years and think of only two people that we had to kick out. Um, and it was because one lady was just spiraling out of control on meth and needed to go to rehab. And she's welcome to come back, you know, when she completes rehab. And then another guy was kind of serving it out. And so we, we had to squash that. Um, those are the only two instances I can think of. Um, there's been close calls where we had to really sit some people down because um, we don't want any kind of violence or that right. sort of deal. And so if two people get in a fight, you know, nothing's happened, thank God. But mm-hmm. those are the sorts of situations where someone would definitely, you know, need to be kicked out if they became violent. Um, but our housing retention rate is very high. I mean, 90% probably, you know, or better. Um like I said, those are only two examples well, I can think of. And before this current village, where were you housing people before? Or and are you still housing people in the in the previous location in addition to the village? Yeah, so we house people, we like rent apartments or efficiencies. Sometimes it's just easier to rent a motel room because it's so hard to find a place, you know, that's mm-hmm. a, that we is affordable or that's willing to rent, mm-hmm. you know, to some some of our folks. Um so yeah, there's a we got four people I think that are housing outside of the village right now. Our goal is that they all be able to live in the village one day. Um, there's just not enough you know units to do that at this time, and that is harder because we don't get to manage the space that they're living in. Right. Um. So and it's usually not a very nice space. Right. You know, it's it's usually in a more of a slum type setting. Um, and so they're dealing with, you know, a lot of stuff out there. So the, the village is a far better um, space for them. Yeah, to, yeah mm-hmm. environment for them to live in. Um, and so we're excited to be able to offer that. But, yeah, there are, we, that's the only other way to do it is scattered site housing. Yeah. And, um, you know, just renting places, you know, different apartment complexes or that sort of deal. So in doing that, I mean, just in this environment of how difficult it is to find affordable housing, um have you seen has that become more difficult for you to do uh, with renting places even ho- even hotel rooms i would think those those all rates would go up i would think in this environment yeah hotel room is about 850 a month for like the worst right. motel yeah, you can right. rent um uh, the efficiencies that we were renting so we had like everyone in efficiencies they're mm-hmm. now 900 dollars a month wow and that, I mean, it's not nice. It's really bad. Right. So uh, <laughs> anything nice is, um, yeah, it's just a lot of money. To to do that it, and it, for us would not be sustainable. There's people mm-hmm. that do that, and that's great. But long term, we want to house people permanently. Right. And so paying, you know, $12,000 or a year or more to a landlord that right. you don't necessarily, you can't necessarily count on. Um, isn't sustainable for us. So having it, being able to put all that money back into what we're doing at the village is, you know, great for us. Yeah, and it makes obviously more financial sense for you, and it sounds like it's a better environment. Yeah, for them as well. So, are those folks um, transported to the village throughout the week to sort of 
feel the, the space and feel part of it? Yeah, so one of the ladies who actually were, was housed through our sewing internship has a license, and so for about three years now, she's been doing the transportation oh, for nice. us. And then okay. our resident care team also does transportation. But, yeah, all our classes and that sort of deal, um, they're the folks that are in those classes are picked up and brought to the village. Great. All right, well, we've got one more segment left, so we're going to continue to talk with Brian after the break. And we're back. You're listening to Downtown Dish. I'm your host, Julie Townsend, and my guest today is Brian Seeley, the executive director of Gospel Inc. Um, Just as a little quick recap, because we always sort of get down to the wire, and then I always forget to plug my downtown events again, so I'm going to plug those events one more time so that I don't take any time away from Brian as we approach the uh, top of the hour. So don't forget, this Friday is First Friday. Uh, Our theme this Friday is celebrating 100 years of water skiing. We'll have Twiggy the Water Skiing Squirrel. Uh, in a giant uh, pool in the Munn Park parking lot. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's real. Just Google it. It's a real thing. Twiggy, the water skiing squirrel. Uh, so Visit Central Florida is our sponsor, and they'll have some other vendors in Munn Park, water skiing uh, groups throughout uh, the city and the county. Uh, Legoland Florida will be there doing some ticket giveaways. We'll have a DJ. Uh, and then, of course, We've got Saturday, we've got the Farmer's Market, and remember that the Farmer's Market in June and July closes at 1 p.m., one hour early, due to the hot, hot weather. So, Brian, uh, we've been talking about the Gospel Village, which you you have over on Lake Parker and Lemon, and the growth that you hope to uh, um, experience there in the next a year in terms of um, the facility and the grounds there. But can you tell us about your outreach efforts? Yeah, so our whole ministry started based on outreach and spending time with people that are homeless and um, moving into the neighborhood where a lot of them congregate just because of the shelters and that sort of deal. So I lived, I still live in Parker Street neighborhood, but we also bought a couple of houses in that neighborhood, which are now being rented out to people that we're serving. Um, and then next to those houses over across the street from the tax collector on Plum Street is our outreach center. And so that's open on Tuesdays and Thursdays um, exclusively to women. Mm. So the, it started out as an art studio. The art studio has now moved to Gospel Village. And so it still is continuing to be a place where women can come, have coffee, breakfast, uh, spend time with you know our staff and volunteers. And um, it's just a great way to keep them plugged in stay in touch with people that are on the streets. They're all literally homeless. They're not folks that we're housing and they're staying in shelters or outside. And so in addition to that, you know, we also get the opportunity to see men around the area too and and reach out to them. So do you get, uh, you know, rejected very often? I mean, you, you've spent a lot of time with folks and you've built a rapport and you're trying, you know, you're not just sort of a one and done sort of guy come and hang out with you and talk to you for a few minutes and you've you've spent a lot of time are there are there folks that are just don't want to have anything to do with you and and what you're trying to do yeah i can't say i've experienced that or if i have it's been a long time yeah. if i maybe i upset someone yeah yeah you know, at some point there's one guy I upset a long time ago 
and we're not housing him out the village, but he he had it out for me pretty bad. Oh goodness! But it was good. Is what brought us together. <laughs> um, so I just had a question, but you you threw me with that with that comment. Uh, oh, no, I know what it was. Um, obviously, you're you're a not for profit organization. Yeah. And um, you could certainly use additional uh, donations. And and how can people learn more about what it is that you do? Uh, and and contribute if they so choose. Uh, you can go to our website, gospellink.org. You can email. That email comes to me. Um, there's ways to get involved, so you can come. I would start by just taking a tour. Mm-hmm. So put you know, go in there, do an email, come take a tour, and then we can talk about you know, how you might want to get involved and that sort of deal. So you said that you sort of started this with some um, with a group of fellow students, I guess, at Southeastern, correct? Yeah. Are you guys all still a part of it, or did some some of those folks move on to do other things? Yeah, so, I mean, pretty much all students leave eventually because they well, graduate. But, so. but you were a student. I guess the, the, the I know, decor. so it was just me, my wife, Kari, um, who had stuck around because I married her. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> she, might re- one way. she might regret that now. <laughs> uh, but really... And then there's one college student who moved away and is now on our staff. So okay. she came back years later to help us. So, but we had tons of college students, and um, yeah, they've all they all moved on, and um, it was left up to us to continue to trek along and get to where we are now. And uh, now we have tons of college students who come on site, you know, from Oregon, Southeastern mm-hmm. University, of course, and then also like these smaller discipleship. Uh, groups that are at churches that they're on site a lot. We've got college interns. Um, this coming fall, we'll have a social work, a master's in social work intern who's doing 20 hours a week with us. Oh, great. And so we're getting some cool opportunities to include, you know, folks from the universities. That's great. And, and interns, is that paid interns or are they free? <laughs> Those are free. Okay, even do, better <laughs> for one, you. One person started out as an intern and is now... Yeah, it's like a part-time staff person. That's great. And you, you, I think you had mentioned earlier, but maybe you didn't. Um, you guys have a little farm there, right? Is it on? Is it at the Lake Parker location? Yeah, so we've got a few farm beds out, you know, on uh, Lake Parker. But then we now have built, you know, a bunch of beds on Main Street. Okay. So the property wraps around to East Main Street, which is where our office is now and kind of the front entrance. And so when you come, you'd actually come through the Main Street section. You can, you'll can you see that there's some things we're working on over there. So you guys harvest all that and then have that as your as part of your feast? Yeah, we share it. <laughs> we can use it on a Thursday dinner. It's it's more for fun. Right, right. You know, the fun yeah. of growing your own food and um, it's good work, yeah. good therapy. So... That you said you you originally purchased um, this was originally a, a trailer park or a mobile home uh, facility. So yes, yeah, so there's mobile homes, there's uh, little cottages, mm-hmm. there's some two story cottages. It's kind of an interesting spot. It goes way back to like the 40s, the mm-hmm. Lake Parker mobile home court. Interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's got some history. So as you build, are you removing the the mobile home units, or are they part? Are they going to keep those because they they make for good homes as, as they are. Our plan is to eventually replace them all. Okay. Um, and we do get rid of the bad ones. And then there's just some permitting stuff we have to go through with the city in order to drop new ones. Gotcha. Yeah. 
And so in terms of um, just as a reminder, because I, I think I missed it the first time, every every person that you house, they basically are going to have their own little apartment. I mean, what's like what's the square footage like that on, on something like that? So the ones that we – our preliminary plans that we had – um, that Lunds Group helped us to do is 433 square feet per unit. So mm-hmm. it has its own bedroom, full kitchen, full bath. Everyone has their own home. Right. So there's no roommates um, or that sort of deal unless, you know, they're married or, right. or they want to have a roommate. But roommates, I've discovered, are always just a recipe for disaster. <laughs> People think they like each other. Right. And then, and then, and then not so much. It doesn't work. <laughs> I can relate to that. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So um, we are, uh, I, I will just say from, from a personal perspective and a professional perspective, getting to know you in, in the last, I don't know, six, seven years that, that I've known you, maybe it's been longer. Um, I'm just very impressed, you know, with what you're doing. I think it's, you're filling a need in our community. We have a lot of great organizations that uh, serve uh, the homeless population in, in various ways, uh, but I think what you're doing is is a unique thing. And is there anything like it that you can point to? Because I know you referenced Austin. Is there anything else, either countywide or statewide, that you've seen that's similar to what you're doing? Yeah, there's some really – I just visited a place called HEP in Clearwater. Um, I can't remember the, what HEP stands for. But um, – they have kind of a variety of different things, and one one of those options is permanent, you know, housing. It is a little different. It's like a sober living facility. Um, there's a spot here. I haven't gone there yet, but a place called Castle that I've heard about. Mm. It's a little different. It's not you know we're faith based and right. and there's, it's more probably community driven. There and they but they sounds like they have a really great case management program. Um, and then there's people that they will house, you know, there that will benefit from their case management services. So it's a little bit of a different model, but, you know, serving, you know, the same people and serving that need. Well, I appreciate you and thank you for coming on the show and sharing with us uh, what Gospel Inc. is all about. You can support Gospel Inc. by going to their website, gospelinc.org. Uh, Brian, thanks for being with us and uh, stay tuned for next week's Downtown Dish. See you on Tuesday. Thank you.